In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... Madam Speaker... Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? You get your vaccine. Vaccine, vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sup Podcast. A woman's problem, if you will. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process... Just process. Process. <laughs> the biggest topics in news and politics. Caitlin and I are going to start with a brief conversation. And then in a few minutes, I am so, so grateful that we got Imani Gandhi back to talk about what's actually going on in Texas and why and how everything. But we wanted to um, just do our initial reactions. I did not expect to be having this conversation today. I think maybe that's the difference between you and me. (laughs) No, I mean, like I... I mean, I'd heard that it was like possible for it to go into effect. Like I hadn't been, I hadn't like lost track of it. It's just like, um, like anticipating that it's, it's not going to get, get resolved. But um, I mean, big scope of things, which is like, it was as soon as they prevented us from filling Scalia's seat like this was always the end game. And it's about understanding that like, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I just, at this point, fundamentally believe that Republicans are fascists. Like I don't, I, I, if you try to like try to split the difference, there's not a lot there to argue with. And anybody who continues to support the actions, I mean, like this, piece of legislation it's it's very that's a very like strong term for it Mm -hmm. is abhorrent under any kind of civilized society it's abhorrent in uncivilized society honestly yeah just calling it like oh it's texas's abortion ban like it's one of those abortion bans this is not your may 2019 abortion ban that is an incredibly charitable way to refer to what this is this is i mean i think an easy but useful comparison I don't think that Republicans care what it tells them, but it's like, I would personally find it chilling if under our current constitution, the United States went around and took everybody's guns. That would be crazy. I mean, you could make a, you could make an argument or come around <laughs> anytime you're rounding people up, which is, which no, is what's happening. This is more insidious because there's no state enforcement. What they're doing is basically funding taxpayer funding bounties on pregnant people's bodies and then privatizing the costs of this this litigation so it is it is socialized <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't even know how to say it it's it's basically basically socialized abortion hunting uh, and privatized, defense 
If you yeah. try to 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 defend yourself, you don't get any of your court fees back. I mean, Monty's going to cover all the actual legal structure, legal in the, the and that's where it starts getting crazy. It's like that's why I believe that this is like fundamentally a fascist movement. The laws are designed to create ends. They are not laws in and of themselves. They're not rules that make sense. They are crafted to punish people and they're they're crafted to uh, to to maximize the amount of control the the this specific minority we're talking about disproportionately white men here yeah are going to have over pregnant people's reproductive choices and that is perverse you can't you can't call this a, a republic like this is not a law that gets passed in a representative democracy. Like it is, it is not like something has gone horribly wrong. And I'm, I'm really mad about how, you know, like this was something that, that was warned about very vociferously by a Mm -hmm. lot of people, including the candidate herself, that this was going to be the consequence of not voting and you're talking about people that either refused to vote in 2016 or refused to vote for Hillary or voted for Stein or voted for Trump. You're, ta- you're talking about the people that didn't take those calls seriously. Voting is super important. And this is the consequence of sitting out things and saying, oh, this doesn't really matter or it's all the same anyway. Like it, there's no similarity between a fascist and a not fascist. OK, I don't care. Right. what your argument is, because this is the consequence now. And there are, it's not going to be able to be undone. Like no matter what we do right now. And I want to be clear, there's still stuff to do. We can still make an impact, but you need to be clear that like, there's going to be just straight up costs that will never be fixed. Pregnant people who will be forced into parenthood. Okay. Without any recourse or any support that will break their bodies, will destroy their lives. It will destroy the lives of the child they are forced to bring into this world. You, that decision was made years ago when people said, this is the world that I'm open to living in because I would rather not. I don't have any space for that. And we are so lucky. We were very lucky to live in a government where we had a voice because most of human history, doesn't. this doesn't happen. You know, like, People are here being like, it's not my fault. Like it kind of is. That was so chilling to hear you say were. We were so lucky. You know, Texas also passed a voting mm-hmm. suppression act. They also press, uh, uh, passed a, a concealed carry law. I mean, like there's something in SB8 about like, I guess they grant that maybe if people are going to have abortions, they they ban certain procedures like after 20 weeks, like, um, like DNEs where I don't want to talk about it because I imagine if you've had a miscarriage, it's so traumatic to hear, but they're basically making it even harder for you to have a, an abortion at a point in your pregnancy that somebody DM'd up this morning and shared her story about, um, deciding to terminate at 22 weeks because they discovered some conditions. It was not going to live past a couple of days. It was going to be in tremendous pain their whole entire life. And she like this person, this person would not have access to that now. And Texas is trying to tell her that they want to make that procedure that she had to go through even more painful and long and risky for her. And then allow someone to profit from her even seeking the procedure, even having the question 
even if it would kill her because this is not about obviously it's very it's not very pro I can't even explain like the entire moniker is a a joke I know forced parenthood yeah absolutely I feel like I've heard more of that language recently like it's it's not the anti-abortion rights people activists it's the forced birth activists and I think that we should have been referring to them as such for a while longer we're going to bring in Amani as we said Amani is the host of the Boom Lawyer podcast and she was on with us recently to discuss the slate ahead for the Supreme Court so let's chat with her Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Today, we're back with Amani Gandhi of Rewired News Group and, of course, the Boom Lawyer podcast. I think that our listeners understand the broad contours of what this law does. We've been talking about it all week. They know it was strategically designed to be difficult to block. But I think how Texas lawmakers did that and why this particular law wasn't blocked like so many others found inconsistent with president is something I think we all need more clarity on. Can you take us through it? Sure. So... Normally, when Texas um, enacts a unconstitutional abortion ban, which they have done many times over the last over the decade that I've been covering this beat, what happens is Planned Parenthood or the ACLU or the Center for Reproductive Rights will immediately file a lawsuit seeking an injunction against the government 
saying that they cannot enforce this law while the lawsuit goes forward and they determine whether or not it's constitutional under the merits. So what Texas did here is that they outsourced enforcement to the public. Can I curse on this podcast? Yep. yep. Okay. So (laughs) a friend of mine, Andrea Grimes, calls it the any random motherfucker provision, right? This law (laughs) says that any random motherfucker in the country who has beef with abortion can file a lawsuit in civil court against an abortion fund or an abortion provider or anyone that is, quote, aiding and abetting an abortion. And of course, the law does not define what that is. So that could be anything from actually driving someone to a clinic or donating $5 to a fundraiser online. I mean, we just don't know what that is. And so because they have sort of divested enforcement from themselves and pushed it on to the public, they can't be sued, really. Because, you know, you can't, technically, you can't sue a government official and ask them not to do something when the law specifically says they're not allowed to do that thing in the first place. So what um, what advocates did is they filed a lawsuit against every judge in Texas and every clerk in Texas saying, well, these are the people that are going to be asked to, you know, file these, you know, file these lawsuits, docket these lawsuits. So we want to enjoin them from being able to do that. And of course, Texas's response, which fair enough, it was, well, that's fucking crazy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because it is it's very unusual to have a class action lawsuit with a class of defendants. Like it's a very odd thing to sue every judge in Texas, but Texas gave advocates no choice because advocates couldn't sue Governor Greg Abbott or Attorney General Paxson or the head of the Department of Health because the law says they don't have any power under this law to enforce it. So this law doesn't just say um, residents can enforce it. It explicitly says, and government officials have nothing to do with it. Right, right. It's It's a publicly enforced law. Private enforcement is off the table. And so, you know, what's really bizarre about that? Oh, and, you know, and then there's the bounty, which I'm sure your listeners have heard about. So, you know, if you sue a provider or an aider or a better and you win in court, then you get $10,000 for your trouble. In addition, and here's where it gets really sort of diabolical. Texas has made it has basically changed their rules of procedure, just like the general rules that govern how litigation is you know, how litigation goes forth in court and how you file documents and who gets paid, yada, yada. They've completely changed that only for abortion laws. So normally, if you're going to sue someone, you have to sue them in a forum that's convenient, right? Like I'm in Boulder, Colorado. If you want to sue me, you you usually you have to sue me in Boulder, maybe in Denver. You can't sue me in, I don't I just moved here, so I don't even know what's far away from here. <laughs> but like, you can't sue me in, let's say Colorado Springs is really far. You can't sue me there because it's a pain in the ass for me to have to go and defend myself in this court that's in an inconvenient forum. Texas is a huge state. There are 254 counties in Texas. This law says that a plaintiff, one of these abortion snitches, which is what I've been calling them, they can file a lawsuit against a provider or an aider or a better in any of the 254 counties in Texas. So that means if there's an abortion provider in Western Texas, someone from Florida who just really hates abortion can sue that provider in Eastern Texas and force that provider to travel hundreds of miles to this inconvenient forum, this inconvenient court in order to defend themselves against this bullshit lawsuit, right? 
So that's one thing. And normally you're allowed to change venues. Like your attorney can ask for a change of venue if someone has sued you in an inconvenient court. Texas has said you are not allowed to ask for a change of venue under this law. So that means literally they are trying to make it as inconvenient as possible for abortion providers to defend themselves against these frivolous lawsuits. That's number one. Number two, an abortion provider, aider or a better, can be sued multiple times in multiple venues for the same abortion. So if an abortion provider provides an abortion on Tuesday, 25 plaintiffs from wherever the fuck can come and file a lawsuit in 25 different counties and force that one provider to defend him or herself in all of those counties and in all of those courts at the same time. And then he has to that he or she has to pay all of their their legal fees, all of the legal fees, all of the costs, like every I mean, it is expensive. Expensive lawsuits are expensive. For example, the Texas lawsuit that they lost in 2016, Whole Woman's Health versus Hellerstedt, Texas taxpayers had to pay Center for Reproductive Rights $3.6 million. So we're talking large sums of money that abortion providers simply don't have to defend themselves. And Texas Republicans are counting on that. Number three, in terms of the way they've screwed with the the procedural goings on of these lawsuits, is that... An attorney can raise that the law is unconstitutional in defense of their client, in defense of a claim that their client performed an abortion past six weeks, blah, blah, blah. They can raise the fact that SB8 is unconstitutional. However, if they raise that claim or any claim related to SB8 being unconstitutional and they lose any of those claims, they are automatically liable for the other side's attorney's fees. And this is really, really bizarre. And people who aren't litigators probably don't know how bizarre this is. But usually you pay your own way. If you sue someone, you pay your own attorney's fees, you pay your own costs, you know, filing costs, depositions, court reporters, all of that adds up. You pay for that yourself. At the end of a lawsuit, the court will determine who the prevailing party is. And the prevailing party isn't necessarily the party who wins all of their claims because it's very unusual for a, for a party to win all of their claims because you usually file, you usually basically claim as many things as you can, hoping that one of them is going to stick. So you can file 10 claims, only be successful on three, but that could be the bulk of the lawsuit and that could mean you have won your lawsuit. Okay. And then perhaps you can ask the other side for costs and fees. This law says that if you bring 20 claims challenging not just this particular abortion law, but any Texas abortion law, and you don't win every single claim, you are automatically the losing party and you are automatically liable for the other side's fees, which is bad enough, forcing a client to pay the other side's fees automatically if they don't win their whole lawsuit. Mm -hmm. On top of that, this law says if your client can't pay, then you, the attorney, have to pay. So the law makes attorneys jointly and severally liable for the other side's attorney's fees and costs automatically if they don't win the entire lawsuit. It is bonkers. I mean, so to call this an abortion ban is just generous. This is it's a it's a complete upending of the way that lawsuits work in Texas. And frankly, it's a destruction of democracy because what these public officials have done have they've ceded their authority to enforce laws to any motherfucker in the country, which is just a bizarre thing to do. I mean, if you think about it, imagine if California decided that they don't like 
guns. They want to ban all firearms. But California knows the Second Amendment exists and that they can't ban all firearms. So instead of saying we're going to enforce this law, we public officials, the governor of California, etc., we're going to deputize anyone in the country to enforce this law on our behalf. So if you live in Florida and you see someone in California posting a picture on Facebook with a gun, you can sue them in civil court and get $10,000 for the trouble of doing so, even though owning the gun is a constitutional right. It's the same thing with abortion, the same thing. And it's just, it's, it's really it's really a cynical ploy to get these unconstitutional laws passed to pass muster, or at least to be enacted, to to go into effect without giving a court time to uh, to address them, to determine whether or not they're constitutional and with and, and stripping the rights of of plaintiffs, of people in Texas to have their day in court to hear whether or not this particular law is unconstitutional. Texas actually has a, a provision called the open courts provision that says that people in Texas have a right to redress grievances in court. But when it comes to abortion laws, they've essentially stripped that right by saying to attorneys, Hey man, if you want to challenge this law, you can go ahead. But if you don't win all your claims, you might have to pay $2 million in attorney's fees. Is that something you want to do? That's not something a lot of attorneys are going to want to do understandably because it means that they won't be able to represent their other clients who need them. And so, you know, one of the attorneys who have, who's done this, Michelle Simpson Tugel, she won the um, a, a settlement for the gymnasts who were assaulted by Larry Nasser. She filed a lawsuit against Texas Right to Life specifically because they're the ones that were running that ridiculous tip line saying, hey, if you yeah. have any tips about people who are doing illegal shit in Texas, let us know and we'll sue them. You know, so Texas Right to Life is clearly organizing a lot of this, these frivolous lawsuits. So uh, Michelle Simpson Tugel said, well, I don't want you fuckers suing me. So she went into state court and got a temporary restraining order. And so Texas Right to Life is like, well, fine, we won't sue her, but we can sue everybody else. And so last night on Twitter, it was being widely reported that the state court had blocked the law, but that is not the case. The state court had blocked the law with respect to this one plaintiff and these two particular defendants. But it's still open season on everybody else in Texas. And so, you know, right now I know that there are a couple of providers who are filing lawsuits similar to to Tugel's asking that they not be targeted by Texas Right to Life. But the problem is they don't know who all is out there looking to survey them and, and, right. and sue them. So it's really, it's just, it's anarchy in Texas right now. It's just, they've created this mercenary society where people have been deputized, deputized to become abortion enforcers or abortion snitches. And, you know, Texas is just sitting back and letting anti-choice zealots essentially run the government in this respect. It's bizarre. It's- it all seems very un-Texan to have like invite people to intervene in each other's lives and not let people redress grievances. It all seems very well, out- it, off-brand. Well, it is off-brand, yeah, terribly which, off-brand, which is why they've only made it applicable to abortion laws because okay, yeah. it's off-brand for Texas, but Texas really fucking hates abortion. <laughs> so if they can, you know, do some, to quote Antonin Scalia, some procedural jiggery-pokery to attack abortion laws and the, and the efforts to challenge them only while leaving everything else in place, then that's something that that's that's exactly what they've done. And by mm-hmm. refusing to step in and block this law, the Supreme Court has just said, yeah, it's fine. So what are we going to see? We're going to see all of the states. I think it's about 24, or 25 states that are 
that have these trigger ba- these trigger laws that say, you know, as soon as Roe v. Wade is overturned, then abortion is immediately banned. Mm-hmm. You know, Roe wasn't explicitly overturned, but certainly these states are now going to follow Texas's league, 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 lead. <laughs> I'm, I'm very verklempt today. <laughs> these other states are going to follow Texas's lead and file these same kinds of bans or introduce these same kinds of bans, pass these same kinds of bans with these same kinds of private enforcement mechanisms. So we're just going to become a nation of abortion bounty hunters if this is not stopped. Oh and, you know, I, I am waiting, literally, I'm waiting for to get information or news that there have been, you know, dozens of lawsuits filed against Whole Woman's Health and T-Fund and Lilith Fund and Avow Texas and all of these these nonprofits and funds and providers that have been just get, providing a constitutional right, which mm-hmm. they are now no longer allowed to provide because A, Texas has passed an unconstitutional ban and then B, Texas has made it virtually impossible to challenge it. Wow. My God. That's a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. I know. I've, I've been on like media hits all morning. So I'm just yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom. There's, I suppose, a, a rapidly slimming chance that the court could come back and, and block it uh, today or soon. Yeah. Uh, eventually. What damage is like already done and what door has been opened that like, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter when they get around to it. The fact that they let it go into effect has already started. the bowl Yeah, bowl I mean, days. this would have been a very easy three sentence order, right? No Fifth Circuit. Fuck off. Essentially, like you don't there. It did not. He didn't need a response from te- Texas. And then there didn't need to be a response to the response. It's a, it's a pre-viability abortion ban. Under the court's current precedent, it is unconstitutional. Whether or not next year in the Mississippi case, they're going to revisit that, that's another question. Right now, the law is what it is. And so the fact that Alito couldn't be bothered to issue an order saying, whoa, 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 hold the phone. Let's just pause this and let the district court and the Fifth Circuit just go about their business. That signals that they don't care enough about abortion rights to follow their own precedent. And it signals that Roe is, I mean, if not dead now will certainly be dead by the time the court hears Mississippi. And it's, it's, uh, it's really distressing to say the least. Um, The damage that's already been done. I mean, there were, you know, whole woman's health, Amy Hagstrom Miller, who's the CEO of whole woman's health. I mean, she's just, she's phenomenal. You know, they were providing abortions literally up until 1159 last night, you know, because the the law was going into effect at midnight. There are hundreds of patients that were scrambling to get appointments in tears because they needed to get an abortion yesterday or else they would have to try to go to another state. And- Where, Louisiana? This is what right. I keep thinking about. Exactly. Like- I mean, well, the states now, I mean, for the western part of the state, it's Florida for now. Yeah. But for Texas, it's going to be Colorado. So they have to come up here. But, you know, these are people who don't necessarily have the money to travel to Colorado to get an abortion, to do the counts, whatever is required. They have to get childcare for the kids they already have, because let's remember that more than 50% of people who are getting abortions already have children. So this isn't about like promiscuous sluts who can't keep their legs closed. It's about pregnant people who are already struggling to raise kids that they have. They're getting no support from the state. I mean, what is Texas going to do? Force people to have kids and then let them die of COVID? 
You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's yeah. like it's or in or in an ice storm. There are lots of options storm. in Texas, right? It's so this idea that Texas is this pro-life state when you've got Dan Patrick out here talking about how you know grandma and grandpa should be willing to die for the for the yeah. you know the Dow during a pandemic. <laughs> it's just it's absolutely it's about it's about control. It's not about pro-life. It's about control, and it's about a panic. It's about this panic about white quote unquote white replacement theory right i mean us brown folk we're out breeding the white folk and the white folk aren't particularly happy about it and so they're worried that you know it's just going to usher in that uh, a new wave of of voters who are going to vote out republicans which then leads to voter suppression and all of these other efforts that they're trying to do to to maintain power it's all about maintaining power and trying to shore up power that they feel is dwindling this yeah. genuinely confuses me, though, because if it's probably mostly white privileged women who will always have access to pregnancy termination. So they're not going to get like the white babies that they are trying to. Right. They will, though, because the actual the anti-abortion movement was actually started as a Trojan horse for um, segregation and mass resistance, which is that they were all very invested in destroying integration and then you actually see an, a, a shift right around the early 70s where the evangelical movement, which had actually been very pro-abortion for safety reasons because of health and death, like there was a lot of, of uh, death happening in, in their communities and they were actually pro-legalization to make it less, less dangerous. Um, and then you see the shift as they're like, well, segregation is not okay anymore. So... We can't be pro-segregation, but we need cover for this desire to keep control. And then, yes, you got some white patriarchy and you got some white supremacy and they came together and they had a forced birth movement <laughs> that just came right out, even though nobody asked for it. Nobody wanted true. it. That's absolutely true. And it, it's just... Um... It's just really frustrating for me because I've been on this beat for 10 years now. I've been working with my colleague, Jess, Jessica Mason Piclo for the full 10 years, but really closely together for about six or seven. And it's like we have been just pounding the drum about this. We've been talking about this for years, talking about how important the the Supreme Court is, how important the federal judiciary is, how we need to expand the courts, how really critical it was to keep Trump out of the White House. And now it's just like everything that I had been worried about for years all happened last night. And it happened just on the shadow docket. Like it happened with, you know, under cover of night. There was no oral argument. There was no hearing. There was no nothing. It's just the court basically threw up a middle finger to Roe by doing absolutely nothing. And sure, maybe they'll act today, tomorrow, Friday, but it's all it's chaos in Texas now. Mm-hmm. People need abortions now. And so. And the chaos is part of the, the plan, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's, absolutely. To, it's to scare people and providers, even if they block it. I'm not sure that everybody's going to be instantly like, OK, we're cool now. I mean, people are terrified. They're absolutely terrified. And I mean, at Whole Woman's Health last night, while they were performing abortions, there were people outside protesting and screaming and chanting Jesus and taunting Christ. and mocking them. It's just. Yeah. Question. We, you mentioned that there are pregnant people who have to go out of state to, um, you know, to, to end, an, end a pregnancy. 
does that open them up to litigation and all the people who, let's say, if you are from New York and you donate money to a an abortion fund to to fly people out or whatever it is, are you then open to being sued in Texas? That's what it's unclear. <laughs> wow. Honestly, it's just it's unclear. The law is extremely vague. I mean, and that's one of the the claims that at least the Ming made in state court is that it's unconstitutionally vague. People don't know what their rights and duties are under this law. The law does not say what aiding or abetting means. It does say that the pregnant person themselves are not liable under the law. So you can't sue the pregnant person. But you could sue the pregnant person's friend, the pregnant person's family, the pregnant person's cab driver, the pilot of the plane. Like a Google search. Right. I mean, that's the thing. It is such a broad law. It makes no sense. But we are living in a world where we've got Federalist Society, the Federalist Society that is making law. They are making policy. And if that policy makes no sense, it doesn't matter. What matters is that people don't know what their rights and duties are under the law, which is going to... prevent them from doing any kind of abortion related anything because they don't want to be hauled into court 25 different courts 15 times by random motherfuckers across the country and i want to make sure people because i have seen a little bit i i read your twitter and then i read the replies to your tweets and oh man some of them are wild but some people seem to think who would actually do this who would take the time to go and sue all of these people but i don't think they realize that the anti- abortion people, they've been ready for this. They will professionalize this. Well, this will become an industry. Anyone that wants to sue can just sign up and they will get everything handled. Absolutely. I mean, that's what, you know, the the Texas right to life tip line didn't work out, but I'm sure they're going right. to hire a tech person right. and figure it out so they don't get, you know, they, <laughs> they don't get DDoS attacks. But, yeah, you know, it, and it's interesting to me because Texas is asking for these tips from across the country. So I'm wondering who gets the $10,000? Is Texas, mm-hmm. for, is TRL going to give the $10,000 to the person that gave him the tip? Or are they just going to mm-hmm. take the tip and say, thanks a lot for the tip. We'll take it. Yeah, from they here. take a fee. Right. Yeah. Or are they going to take a cut, a commission? Yeah. And also, we know oh that the conservatives just on all sorts of issues have heavy financial backing. So I have no doubt in my mind that there is someone with millions of dollars sitting behind Texas Right to Life ready to just start suing, to start signing checks, to file these lawsuits, because, you know, that's how important ending abortion is to them. So and 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 frankly, on progressives and the left we don't have that money source like we just Mm -hmm. we just don't we rely on a couple you know george soros maybe and like a couple of other people but keeping gavin newsom in office right you know it's just it's we don't have the same money i don't know if it's because we don't have the same commitment or if it's because people who are end up doing philanthropy overseas i don't know what it is but i we can't seem to get philanthropists in this country to care about reproductive rights well, structurally, wow. it has probably something to do with the fact that acquiring large, insane sums of money that allow you to give huge amounts away is an inherently exploitative act. So yeah. only people who don't care about human life really get the kind of money that's where they true. get to, to impact it. And that, I think like that's just the I think like structurally progressives just. I don't know, rely on like the goodness of people for some reason. It's very weird. 
I know. Well, thankfully, we can always rely on your goodness, Imani. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time uh, today. I hope you get um, some rest or relief and we will keep an eye on things. Um, Where can people hear more from you about this on on an ongoing basis? Oh, yeah. Please follow Rewire News Group on Twitter and on Instagram. You guys are amazing. I mean, honestly, not to toot my own horn, but there was a lot of bad reporting last night and we were the only ones that got it right. So Mm -hmm. if you are confused about anything, you can follow Rewire News Group. You can follow me at Angry Black Lady. You can follow Jess. She's at Hegemommy, H-E-G-E-M-O-M-M-Y. We're all over this stuff. Feel free to ask us questions. I may not always see it because my mentions are just a disaster (laughs) (laughs) routinely, but I do try to look for comments where they're asking questions about this stuff and answer them. Yeah, 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 you do. They're very, very helpful because somebody always has the same question that you do. So always check out those replies. Right, and also listen to our podcast, Boom Lawyered. We just uh, did an episode today about the case and it explains everything that's going on um including all of the really nerdy procedural stuff but hopefully i think do we you, did t- it in do you a explain way. who mark dixon is because i can't figure out i think i just called him a jackass <laughs> okay i'll read so one of your threads i'll go back yeah, for no that. he's just a guy who's just been out there threatening to, to sue people like he's got a Great. facebook page where he's saying he's gonna sue providers and he's really in on it so these people are zealots they are really zealots yeah. So, you know, I've always said, you know, we we act we people who believe in abortion rights and reproductive justice have to believe in it as much as they believe in God. Because wow. that's I yeah. mean, they that's how serious they are about it. And unfortunately, too much too too frequently on the left, the only people caring about this stuff are a, a few of us until a big moment happens like this and then everyone's like, "Wait, what happened?" And I'm like, "What happened is he didn't pay attention to me when I was talking." Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Pay attention to Imani. We yes. really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, so we, I had one more question on my list for both of you, but since uh, we took lots of even more time with Imani than we thought we had, which was very nice. So Caitlin, like, I feel like you've been saying, we've all been saying, why didn't anybody listen to us? And what can we do now? And I, I keep thinking about how we have everything. We've got the House, the Senate, and the White House. We don't have the court because Democrats never pay attention to the court, but what can we do right now with it to protect abortion rights? Is judicial reform our main option? Politically, I mean, politically, it's kind of at a space where we have to recognize that the system is broken. Like, in a, in a fight with fascists, they grabbed power and we lost. And it's just it's just that simple. It's like the system is never going to orient towards us again. You can't use it to fix these problems. So um, the answer is to to build political will and to show that 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 we will support as voters breaking the system to solve the problem, that we will support court expansion, that we will support um impeaching judges who might be implicated in corruption. Those things know, are those things are in the system, right? Like those those are they? I mean like technically yes, but like in order for that to work, there has to be like a massive Philip, political yeah, yeah. push and in a lot of ways these things are symbiotic, right? Like Democrats have to be willing to say like, okay, we're going for a court of 17 and then just say like sucks to be you, like we're just going to pass that. Look at Joe Manson in the cinema and be like we will sue you under the Texas law. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we'll sue your children. We'll sue your friends. We'll sue. Well, like, we're just gonna we're just gonna start doing that. We're just gonna start yeah. suing people that you care about and getting our bounties off of your backs because it, at this point, like, it's very important to say like mansion and cinema need to be destroyed. Like, I am fully committed to wrecking their ability to function as people. Even in like a small day to day way where like no one ever sells Joe Manchin coffee ever again, like whatever it requires to make it possible that they come on board with where Democrats need to be and break the hold that Republicans have on the system. Because as you can see, Republicans don't give a fuck like this law is nothing but chaos. It is. It is not a law. It is not a law. And yet no one out there in the Republican Party is coming out today being like, you know, I don't believe in in people having bodily autonomy, but this is the wrong way to go yeah, about ugh, I meant, I'm mad I forgot to ask this, but I would have meant, and we're all, we're very reactive to this because it's abortion, but had the Supreme Court, I mean, does the, the Supreme Court, when they do this with anything that is like, oh, you just ignored, if they just ignored a constant, that would be a huge story. Like you yeah. don't just, if they did that to some, like I said, with guns, where I tried to be very pro-gun at the beginning of the show for some reason. <laughs> Like people would lose their, there would be people outside my window. Like it would be in New York city. There would be people protesting down the streets. I don't hear anything outside in New York city right now. I know people are going to the Supreme court tonight and uh, hopefully somebody gets the message. That is our show until the end of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Up podcast. Bye. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.